0: This is the Evergreen Empire. Green grow the forests and fair-clothed streams The gentle deer grazes the wild blossom gleams From ocean wave raging to mountain serene All nature's proclaiming our land's evergreen
1: Welcome to Columbia Conversations. I'm Felix Benell, editor of Columbia Magazine for the Washington State Historical Society. On this episode, we speak with John Hughes, historian for the Washington Secretary of State's Office, and author of a book excerpted in the spring 2021 edition of Columbia Magazine. The book is a biography of legendary Washington State politician Julia Butler Hansen.
0: Christine Gregoire, Patty Murray, Maria Cantwell, um, women. Uh, with that much moxie, all know Julia Butler Hansen's story.
1: I spoke with John Hughes by phone from his office in Olympia. John Hughes, you're the chief historian for the Secretary of State's Office here in the Evergreen State, and you have been doing some work lately on Julia Butler Hansen, and we have an excerpt in the spring edition of Columbia Magazine, which has gotten lots of wonderful feedback from our readers already. what I, I assume did you know Julia Butler Hansen personally?
0: I did. I did know Julia Butler Hansen personally when I was a 17 year old freshman at Grace Harbor College in 1961 Julia had just been elected to the US Congress uh, from the third congressional district of southwest Washington came to Aberdeen to gave a speech to the student government and She arrived early and I always arrive early and so I was in the conference room with her and she bummed a cigarette from me and we started talking about writing and I thought she was just the most fascinating person I'd ever been around and my mom was a real active in the Democratic Party as a precinct committee woman and uh, was the president of the local Zonta Club which was the sort of uh, in the days before women could join Rotary or Lions Zonta was their answer to that and Julia had spoken to Zonta and my mom came home and was very enamored and when I met the congresswoman it was the force of nature is a phrase that's really overworked, but she's, she's a real deal. And then, of course, if you fast forward to 1966, after college in the military, I became a political reporter at the Aberdeen World, uh, and Julia was at just about to the peak of her power in the U.S. Congress, so we talked often over the, the next several years.
1: I mean, politicians, you know, you tend to sort of see them, you know, if you don't know them personally, you tend to see them as sort of two-dimensional figures. And looking at these photographs yeah. in, the, in this edition of Columbia, there's a certain, I don't know, and I don't mean this in a pejorative sense, a certain Aunt Bee quality to, uh, to these photos from the early 1960s with Julia Butler Hansen. But what, what was she like? What was her personality like? Tell me more about that force of nature aspect.
0: That's a really good question, Felix. She was such a remarkable character, a Christian scientist who smoked, drank, and cussed, as her son says, (laughs) that a lot of newspaper stories about her came really close to caricature. They were playing up nicknames uh, that they invented for her, the little old lady in logging boots, the Duchess of Kathlamet. The only nickname that Julia ever wanted was to be just called Julia, to be a household name. And by the time she got to Congress in 1960, um, she was already that for certain in Southwest Washington, uh, Magnuson and Jackson, uh, our United States senators, uh, had been pals of hers and young Democrats in the 1930s. And by the time Julia Starr really had reached its loftiest peak in 1967, she was a household name in Washington and she loved it. I, I was at a, a, a meeting once with the inimitable Dixie Lee Ray and someone asked her trembling, if she thought it was offensive when headline writers called her Dixie, and she says, "No, no, I like it. It's 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 colloquial, it's conversational." And that was Julia. She was just playing Julia. And the I guess the best story about this is that in 1969, Alaska Governor Wally Hickel had just been named uh, Secretary of the Interior, and Julia was the head of Interior Appropriations, which had the purse strings for his agency. And a uh, and reporters waylaid him at SeaTac Airport en route to Washington DC and someone said well what do you think of Julia Butler Hansen and he famously replied Julia who and the, the LA Times the next <laughs> morning said that that was the, that he was in deep you know what because at 61 she was absolutely a master of the legislative process quote no secretary of the interior in his right mind would want to antagonize Julia Butler Hansen. And the, the great <laughs> thing was that he came on bended knee and mea culpa and begging forgiveness. And, and finally, by the time he got fired by Nixon for having the temerity to speak out against the Vietnam war, which Julia was doing as well, they had become friends and he'd done an about face for the guy, the extractionist. He, uh, she had taken some really strong environmental stands that she liked. But it, when she, in 19, imagine this, this story, this this story goes in elective politics from 1938 when she is the first woman ever to serve on the town council in tiny Cathlamet along the Columbia. And if you haven't been there lately, you should, because it's this magical place on the banks of the Columbia Slough with this wonderful pastoral island called Puget Island across from it. And on up the the Great River of the West, there's the covered bridge and vantage points to see the Astoria-Megler Bridge that Julia helped build. But in 1967, only seven years after she was elected to Congress, she had managed to circumvent the pecking order of seniority to become the most powerful woman in the House of Representatives. Listen to what she got. She got to head the House Appropriations Subcommittee on the Interior and Related Agencies and that meant the US Forest Service, the Fish and Wildlife Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the Bureau of Land Management, the Smithsonian Institution, Arts and Humanities and with Scoop Jackson, her old friend over there heading uh, Senate Interior Committee, they they were absolutely in the catbird seat for Billions upon billions of bucks for deepened uh, deeper draft dredging for for forestry research for I mean it it was just it when you when you read um, the congressional record of the uh, of the praise that camp came her way the first time she became the first woman to present uh, an interior appropriations buddy uh, budget on the floor of Congress in Lyndon Johnson is sending over kudos, and it—it's really good stuff. So this notion of her just being the—the the, uh, hard-drinking little old lady in logging boots really fails to acknowledge that she was uh, a genius, a parliamentary genius. LBJ, just—they were a match made in heaven. <laughs> uh, she, um, she spotted him really early on as someone she found it very offensive that the kennedys were as robert carroll has pointed out in his magnificent books about lbj were making fun of of, of of the vice president of the united states as being this some sort of rustic hick and in uh, 1962 lbj was flying back to dedicated dam on the columbia and asked congresswoman hansen if she liked to come along and in between washington dc and the tri cities over Lord knows how many packs at Chesterfields and how much hooch, they they became, uh, they really bonded. And so for all of the great society programs, he had a, a master of a parliamentary procedure on his side in the U.S. House and Interior.
1: I love it when... Um Elected officials from the state of Washington are associated with their particular communities for having lived there or settled there or just having yeah. that, that direct connection. I'm glad you mentioned Kath Lamett. I was down there about two years ago. I gave a talk at the little library there, and afterward I walked along the riverbank, and then I drove my car across Puget Island there and watched the little ferry go back and forth over to the Oregon side. What a, what a magical part of the state. Um, is there— is there evidence of, of, of her in that area still? Or what, what was the, the connection that was so deep between Julia Butler-Hanson and Kathlamet in that part of uh, Waukaiakam County?
0: Well, well, that's a great question, Felix. She was, she was born in Portland in 1907, um, would have been born in Kathlamet, but her parents insisted that for her the birth to happen in a, a real hospital. <laughs> and, but she grew up in Kathlamet, um, it, born in 1907. And the, Kathlamet then is now had about 500 people it's look county seat but its influence um along the columbia there there was a lot of um uh, riverboat stopped there brought visiting politicians to the county seat to politic all over southwest washington julia uh, loved to watch the boats come and go and drop off the visitors and it was it was really a magical place and her mother was a her mother Maude Kimball Butler deserves a biography biography of her own. She was elected county school superintendent at the age of 23 in 1903. Julia's father was the county sheriff. He had a sort of a wider handlebar mustache and was a real (laughs) character. And Julia's grandmother, her namesake grandmother, Julia Ann Blood, was another um, suffrage pioneer in Washington State. The mother and the grandmother were really in the trenches in 1910 when Washington women won the vote 10 years ahead of the of the suffrage amendment. So those are the antecedents. But Julia, back then, as you well know, with your, your command of Washington history, practically everybody in Washington back then was a Republican. But in 1916, Julia decided that she really liked Woodrow Wilson, and she got some campaign buttons and brochures, and she was— Uh, trooping around the neighborhood, and her grandmother was just incensed, and she grabbed Julia's little (laughs) fistful of flyers and tossed them in the fire. But come 1932, um, the Hansons um, converted to the New Deal. Everybody did. (laughs) But at one end of Main Street, it stands the historic Hanson home, still there, uh, still owned by Julia's son, filled with his grandmother's paintings, water watercolors—they're just amazing. Hmm. And at the other end is the Dolmet Brothers General Store. So when you when you walk Main Street, Cathlamet, in 2021, uh, you just feel all this pioneer pixie dust. It's just an amazing place. <laughs>
1: and you know, obviously, she's a, a female politician, female elected official. We've had some pretty you know big big characters, big. Uh, big personalities who were women and happened to be elected to to public office in in the state of Washington, representing parts of the state of Washington. Is there something about the Northwest or about Washington and, and female elected officials? Is there some sort of a, is there pixie dust for that too?
0: Well, interestingly, Julia is the second woman from Washington to be elected to the U.S. Congress. The first was Catherine May, a Republican from Yakima. Interestingly, Catherine May and Julia Butler Hansen, uh, an old guard FDR Democrat, had quite a lot in common after they got to know one another when they roomed together during a couple of legislative sessions when they were both state legislators. And Catherine and Julia, there's some really great stuff. One of the things that was so wonderful about getting you to do this book is that David Hansen, Julia's son, only child, is a retired curator at, from Fort Vancouver and a, has a master's in history. Hmm. And he saved all of her diaries, Wow! his grandmother's diary. This woman kept a diary from the time she was 15 years old almost to the year she died. Wow. And they're talk about primary sources. Anyway, so we've got Catherine May and Julia Butler Hansen and their bunny sister, uh, their, their bunny slippers uh, after work in the legislature. Drinking tea and talking about things about which they're passionate. One of those was building the first ever purpose built Washington State Library. The library heretofore had been in the, it's pretty much in the bowels of the Temple of Justice. Hmm. And Julia and Catherine May and Governor Rosalini and the state librarian, uh, an r- amazing woman called Marianne Reynolds, pushed through this legislation to build a library. And Although it's not in the same place, we're getting ready at the Secretary of State's office working on plans now for a brand-new Library Archives building, and Julia's really, that's part of her heritage.
1: Hmm. So here we are. It's about 45 years since she left office. It's, I guess, about 33 years since she passed away. What, what's the legacy of Julia butler Hansen in, in Washington State?
0: Well, all over Washington State, albeit in some now need replacing— the there uh, the astoria megler bridge which uh, in no small part was her handiwork and the handiwork of one of her proteges state senator bob bailey of south bend a sort of wonderful jimmy stewart character who really learned at the at the hymn of the master the uh, the the interstate um bridge at, at vancouver several bridges in longview and aberdeen and in the tri-cities Uh, And then a really remarkable thing is that um, she, in 1949, she became the first woman to head the House Roads and Bridges Committee in the Washington Legislature, Mm. and that led to her becoming the first woman to head the 11 Western State Interstate Committee on Highway Policy. And the convergence here in a bipartisan way, which we can only yearn for today, (laughs) was that Dwight Eisenhower former general of the armies, in 1917 had been a young uh, tank com- captain uh, who was uh, delegated to do a cross-country journey with uh, a convoy of army vehicles to see what it would be like if we needed to move men and material cross-country, how daunting that would be. Well, it was it was very daunting. The lessons that Ike and George Patton learned from that led to their roles in World War II using Hitler's vaunted autobahns to, uh to probe deeper into the heart of the Third Reich. So when Eisenhower became president in 1952, um, together with um, some very influential re- uh, Democrats, he began pushing for what it, we now call the, the Eisenhower Interstate Highway System. Hmm. And Julia was an absolute architect of that, acknowledged by the New York Times and the Washington Post as being one of the most influential members of the, the nitty-gritty of that Western Interstate Committee where they're talking about everything from signage to access to, um, to truck ro- load limits and the like. And the, if you, then you go, one of my favorite stories in this book um, features uh, a young state legislator, civil engineer named Daniel J. Evans, <laughs> who in 1957 becomes a freshman in the Washington legislature, and Julia spots him. Notwithstanding the fact that he's young, he's handsome, he's ambitious, (laughs) Uh, who knows where he could go. She she tells the Republican leadership that she wants him on her interim highway committee. And the Republican leaders are pretty – they said that's a senior – that belongs It's a great job. That belongs to a senior legislator. And she said these immortal words that Dan Evans has never forgotten. Highways are a bipartisan issue, appoint him. And they did. And in nineteen seventy five, when Julie was leaving Congress, one of the first calls she got was from Governor Evans and he said, Hey, how would you like to be on the Western State Transportation Commission? And (laughs) <laughs> Four years later, she's heading the Washington State Transportation Commission.
1: That's great. Actually, yeah, that's great.
0: she headed in the beginning of the Highway Commission, which morphed into the multi- multimodal State Transportation Commission and it became its, its chairman. By the way, there's this delicious thing about Washington politicians. <laughs> the, I, I think that she is the, um, the Christine Gregoire, Patty Murray, Maria Cantwell. Um, women uh, with that much moxie all know Julia Butler Hansen's story, and uh, I sent a copy of the, this biography to Speaker of the House Lori Jenkins. I hope she's reading it because it will it will tell her a very instructive story. That in 1955, Julia Butler Hansen came within one vote. Of becoming the first female speaker of the Washington State House, wow! And the guys conspired against her. There's this wonderful story that that w- after they the, they put their guy in, they uh, John L. O'Brien. The, after they put O'Brien in office, a, a real classic Irish Paul from Seattle, a, a character in his own right, they, they sort of approached Julia with trepidation. And the first one said, "No, no hard feelings, eh, Julia?" And she looked at him and smiled. Pushed, the thrust out her hand and said, No hard feelings, but I'll get even with you. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> one guy said that after that, that she kept, literally kept a little, little black book. And uh, he had some legislation pending one day, and she walked over and said, You know, you cross. I love how she referred to herself in the first, you cross Julia, there are consequences. <laughs> And for the next year, he was sort of relegated to the the backwater of everything.
1: So there's, there's, there's lessons for everyone in, in your book. Then apparently, we could all learn a thing or two from Julia Butler Hansen. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for being our guest on Columbia Conversations, John Hughes, the chief historian for the Secretary of State's office
0: there in Olympia. Thanks, John. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Felix. You're doing great work there. Thank you.
1: Thank you to John Hughes for speaking with me for this episode of Columbia Conversations from the Washington State Historical Society. An excerpt from his biography, Julia Butler Hansen, a trailblazing Washington politician, is featured in the spring 2021 edition of Columbia Magazine. For more information about Columbia Magazine or to subscribe, please visit WashingtonHistory.org. I'm Felix Bunnell.